Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Kicked Back, a home for football fans that want to stay up to date on everything going on in the football world. Join Caroline, Liam, and some special guests along the way as they talk about all the trending news around leagues, players, teams, and much more. Now... All you got to do is get comfortable and kick back because we're about to get started. Another day, another episode of Kicked Back. Liam and Caroline here with you guys. Liam, how you doing? Is it working? Yeah, our audio is good today. We're on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. It was rainy this morning, but now it's not looking too, too bad out there. So that's good. I tweeted this morning. I was like, is it turtleneck season? Because when I took my dog for a walk at like 7 a.m., it was so cold. I believe it was one degree. And I'm like, where are we right now? I'm not ready for this. But now the sun shines out and it's definitely not turtleneck season. The uh, When I left this morning, I let my girlfriend's dog out and I opened the door and I didn't realize it was raining. And he kind of just looked up at me as if to be like, you can't be serious. Are you serious? Right Are you serious, dad? <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. So I just closed it quickly and off I went, but not a great day, but here, it's on the up. It's on the yeah, up. And we're, we're all good. Uh, I'd like to give us a shout out because I feel like our show may have predetermined the Liverpool Napoli <laughs> result. Uh, sorry, Liverpool fans. We owe you one. Uh, but Man, we said this, Liam. And again, I'm going to give us some credit because we said this when we did our Champions League show, when we found out about the groups and, and what teams were in each group. We said, put a little asterisk beside Napoli because this is a team in Serie A that is battling for Scudetto for the first time since Maradona and that has some firepower. And you mentioned on yesterday's show, uh, Carascalia on Napoli, which I hope hope I pronounced that correctly. You could see Thierry Henry in one of the post-game shows. He's like, even he's like, this is a hard name to pronounce, but man, that guy's good. And a couple other really good players. They have a, they have a really good attack. And that's like when we did our Champions League preview, I yep. said, I was like, I think this team could really make some noise in the first game, like right out the gate to oh 45 seconds, just absolutely exposed in Liverpool and then just continue to do it over and over and over again. And I think that's what makes them so scary is the players they have going forward. And, you know, I, I think when you play the toughest team in the yeah. group right off the bat, like Liverpool, and then you get a win like that, such a massive, it sends such a huge message to everybody in your group. And like, this is the only way is up for Napoli, I think. Oh. On Liverpool, on the other hand. Uh, well, I guess the only way is up because they can't really get any lower. At this honestly, point. I just feel like each game somehow is worse and worse. But quickly about Napoli, you mentioned the first 45 seconds of the game. Osman was just, you know, he hit that post. It's so unlucky. Uh, they, they came out. Like the word I felt like when I was watching, I was like, this is a powerful team because they're not afraid that they're taking on Liverpool. They almost established the fear in Liverpool off of the get. And I really respected that. And Osman, like that's a guy that I spoke to on yesterday's show, Raphael Leao on, on AC Milan. I feel like Osman's going to be one of those guys too, that we are going to talk, be talking about way more in the next few years, just his ability, how he ran off the ball, how he stripped the back line of the ball, how he, you know, was selfless with the ball. You could see him in a position where, you know, he could have easily shot the ball. And I believe he ended up passing it to Karaskalia instead of shooting it. I just think that this is a really star quality kind of player uh, and just on a very, very uh, intimidating Napoli team. Yeah, it's funny because Napoli was supposed to be one of the top teams in Syria that was kind of in a transition and they've really just turned around so quickly. I think the scary thing for 
this game was, this easily could have been like a 7-1 game. Right. Like that chance right at the start, they missed. Um, the PK. The penalty was missed. And there was a couple other chances too in the game. It's like, oh, this, this could have really got out of hand quickly. And it did. Like it was 3 nothing at halftime to Napoli. <laughs> but I, if this had ended 7-1... Yes, obviously we would have all been like, wow, that's crazy. But if you actually watched the game, you'd be like, that was probably deserving of what both teams were putting out on the field. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this as an AC Milan fan, but I'm like rooting for Napoli. One, because they have Zielinski, which is a Polish guy. Uh, he scored the first penalty perfectly placed. Uh, I'd love to see him have some success, especially around the time of obviously him going into a World Cup squad with Poland. So I have some bias there. But I just... Aside from how swaggy Napoli's kits are, because I sometimes mm -hmm. I'm like, why can't AC Milan have a light <laughs> blue kit top to bottom? I just think that they're a team that... Uh, goes far and everyone it, it's one of those teams where you're like who the hell had Napoli in their quarter or semi-final but I just think that I don't want to put too much emphasis on on how well they can do after one game and obviously a very poor Liverpool performance but I do think we have to pay respect to what Napoli did to make that happen yeah and like you said like this is a group they can get out of I think rather not easily but I would they're one of the two best teams if not the best yeah. right now and there's just just feels like they're going to be that team, doesn't it? Where they just kind of not cruise through, but they, they're able to advance quite deeply into the competition, a bit like Villarreal in a way last season, yep. but there's more quality on this Napoli team. And I, they're exciting. I love watching them every week and I'm excited. To, like next up in the Champions League, they have Rangers at Rangers, where Rangers didn't put together a very good performance yesterday against Ajax, but being at Ibrox, I think this will be a really, really fun game. Uh, one thing I want to point out, what the hell was Milner thinking with that handball? He is having a tough time right now. A lot of people were very upset that he even started the game yesterday. And then within the first, what was it, three or four minutes, he gives up the penalty. And I, I'll admit, I felt a little bit bad for him because I was like, oh man, like you had an opportunity just to kind of like, no one's expecting anything crazy from Milner anymore, but have a quiet game. And then in the first four minutes just handball and so oh, that really literally could have been a worse start there's handballs and then there's milner's handball like there's a handball where it unintentionally hits your arm and i hate those because i'm like what's someone supposed to do they can't control that and then there's a full on arm extension mm -hmm. in the box in the first few minutes of a game like you just he mentally had to have not been present in in that moment because it was just I, I watched that I'm like how do you do that yeah it was uh, a bit of a brain fart moment wasn't yeah it? Like, well he's rubbed me the wrong way since he's yelled at Van Dyke yeah. so and I'm that's no disrespect to Milner he's such a hard-working player but I just I think since that moment with Van Dyke I'm like there's a lot more problems in Liverpool than I think we even know of uh, I think with Milner, he's just at the end of the road. Yeah, he's had a great career. Like I remember when he came on, he started in the Premier League at 16 for Leeds. Believe at the time he was the youngest player to ever play in the Premier League, and now what is he? 36, something like that. And yeah. You know what? It's time to take a back seat. And I know Liverpool have had their injury problems and all that kind of stuff, but I think now that Thiago's coming back and. Cater's probably going to be back pretty soon too. He's like, ah, Milner's going to fall down the depth chart. And it's unfortunate to kind of see him just dwindle away after what he's done. But as a Liverpool, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be pretty happy not to see him yeah. again, to be honest. Uh, my goodness, Van Dyke. I think Virgil Van Dyke's having a hard time. We Not think, I know he's having a hard time this season. That penalty that was called for his challenge, uh, which I believe was, yeah, the one that Osman missed, mm -hmm. which think his lucky stars that they didn't score. Do you agree with that call? Um, when it, when I watched it live, I didn't think anything of it, but after watching the replay, I think it was a penalty. Yeah. And I know the commentator was saying is like, well, was the ball gone? It's like, well, you kind of assuming in both ways are like, would he have got it? Would he not have got it? But, the thing that we do know is, is that Osman's foot was stepped on by Van Dijk, which prevented him from getting to the ball. So I think that's why the referee has to go off rather than an assumption. Um, yes. So yes, I think it was a penalty. I think it was a bit unfortunate as well, because I agree. 
Osman's foot kind of came underneath Van Dijk. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really doing anything to put himself in that position, but yeah, I would say it was a penalty. Luckily for him, there was no damage until the other three goals went in. <laughs> Complete. I actually completely agree with you. And you guys know me. I'm usually on the fence of wanting the refs to let players play and whatever. I agreed with this call one, because things like that, if they happen outside of the box, maybe let Mm. it go. It happens, whatever. But since it's inside the box, you can't let that go. And I do agree with you. I don't think it was intentional by Van Dyke at all. I think it was very unlucky, but as a defender, and I'm sure he knows any player when you're, when you're going into, you know, your defensive third, you have to be aware of your footing, where the ball is, where the player is, you know, whether the player is going to sell it or not. These are all things that it's, it's kind of that emotional part of the game and tactical part of the game. And I just, I think they made the right call and Liverpool was lucky they didn't have another goal against. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what else Van Dyke could have done. Like you said, it was just kind of an unfortunate thing, but he wasn't even the worst defender on Liverpool that day, you know, like Honestly. the, uh, after the so game, Gomez, yeah, Joe Gomez. <laughs> I said the other week, like they were talking about him maybe getting in the England squad and he shouldn't even like I said, then is that he shouldn't be in the conversation. He shouldn't even be anywhere close to being on a shirt ever again, to be honest, but <laughs> just Liverpool, like Klopp said after the game that this team needs to reinvent themselves and Liverpool have been known to be like this high line defending team and, Right now, it's just not working. And that's how a lot of the goals came from Napoli yesterday was on the counterattack, like getting the ball over the top and using speed to get through. And, you know, we all know Trent Alexander-Arnold can't defend very well. And to say it very nicely. To, yeah, to say it nicely. <laughs> and that's the reason, honestly, like he's not in the England squad all the time is because of stuff like that. He's probably the best right back going forward in the world. I agree with that statement but, but hard. Defending if you're a defender, you need to know how to defend. Like that's why Reese James is ahead of him. That's why Kieran Trippier still gets in the team and Kyle Walker. And now you've seen it for Liverpool a little bit more too. I do think things will get better when Matip comes back because I think he probably is the best center back at Liverpool. Like Van Dyke's just not what he was. He's still yeah. great. Matip, we did see him come back. Like I said, I think he came on at halftime for Gomez actually. And that'll make a difference for them. It's just about injuries coming back. Yeah. You know, Thiago played, took off James Milner, played actually not bad in the limited time he played. He played like the last half an hour. And it's easy to judge Liverpool so harshly right now. And we definitely both have. And I think it's justified with what they've done on the field. But now the injuries are coming back. Let's see what this team can do now with two key players back in the team. And if it continues this way, then we'll have another conversation. But also Mo Salah. He's not been he's not been the star that is expected. Like goals are expected to come from him and he hasn't showed up. Liverpool beat a team nine nil earlier, like a couple of weeks ago, right? And he wasn't involved in any goals. And it's like, where are you right now? Well, Mo Salah has five goals from open play in twenty seven games. And this is why I spoke to Sadio Mane after that Liverpool United game and I said I don't think Liverpool realized how much of a loss it's gonna be for their team to not have Sadio Mane. And I think we're kind of really seeing that happen right now. And I understand the injury conversation around Liverpool, but at some point, you know, you have to realize that they still have very good players on the pitch that are just not doing their job. I said a couple shows ago, the back line and the midfield line scares me. And what are they going to look like when they take on a team that's really good? And we, we saw what happened against a very good Napoli performance. I just don't know if you can chalk it up to injuries anymore. I don't think it's the end of the world of, uh, with Liverpool. I think that they could if they do find a way to really quickly reinvent themselves like Klopp wants them to do. Uh, maybe they do have a bounce back just like we've seen United kind of have. But I I don't know how confident I am in this team right now because they just look messy and it's unfortunate for Liverpool fans again the nice ones out there I'm sorry that this is happening because you guys just went from an, an unbelievable season to a shitstorm to say the least but it's I think that there's just a lot of excuses and maybe I don't I'm not in the squad but maybe a lot of excuses and not enough accountability I think uh, another big thing for this team is too is the depth they yeah. have there's nobody like you look at Manchester City and it's like okay if Jack Grealish isn't performing Mares is pushing yep. him and there's all over the field they have 
they basically have two starting 11s yep. and Liverpool just don't have that. And I think it's showing in a way that it doesn't matter how poorly Mo Salah performs. It doesn't matter how poorly Trent Alexander-Arnold performs. Like They have to be in the team every week because there's no one else of pure quality that can come in and replace them. And that's an issue that Liverpool now have to deal with, with Mane gone. And I think this is something that's finally catching up to them. The injuries, of course, have played a big factor. And now that even involves a depth. And I don't know how they're going to finish top two this season. Like, I just don't, I just don't see it. I think there's a lot to go on about in the Premier League right now. Like, there's a lot of question marks with all these teams. And City's one of them. It's funny, we talk about City every week and how good they are. And they've they've drawn two games and they've been yeah. pushed in a lot. And we're not even questioning the ability of this team because we just know the quality they have. And Chelsea now firing Thomas Tuchel shows what's going on there. Like, Tottenham are a bit of a weird team. United seems to be on the rise and they've had big wins. And then you get Liverpool and it's... They just seem to be in that mix too. In the last couple of years, we've just known them as City and Liverpool. And yeah. now it just feels like City. Which I'm kind of here for it because, and and that's no disrespect to Liverpool. I could I would say that if it was any other team but Liverpool. I just love when there's the element of unpredictability. And I am now curious. I don't want to see Liverpool stay in the dumps. I love Jurgen Klopp. I would love to see him uh, eliminate the conversation of the Klopp curse from everyone's mind right now. And yes, reinvent the team. My only issue with that is like, you're a month and a half into the Premier League. You just started the Champions League. There's no time to reinvent. You better hope your team's reinvented. And I don't know, go do what Ten Hag did and make your team run 20 kilometers before the next game. That seemed to work for United. Yeah. I don't know. There's a, I guess one last thing. So here's something I found which I am not on the Klopp out train. I think Klopp has Mm. brought a lot of sustainability to the team that Liverpool haven't had for a long time. I think Liverpool fans are seem to be forgetting where every single year they were just competing for fourth place in the Premier League. I know before that they were winning and everything, but he's won you a league. He's won a Champions League. So this is what he says. It's like 800 million spent, one Premier League in eight years, one Champions League in eight years, one FA Cup in eight years. Enough is enough. Klopp out. I just completely disagree. And I understand the frustration of knowing the quality that's in that team. And yeah, they should be winning, but I don't think you can put this on Klopp. I think it's been a tough situation so far this season with the injuries. They do need to be better. There's no doubt in that. And I think Klopp is the guy to be able to turn it around. I don't think there's, they shouldn't, they shouldn't react harshly with what's kind of been happening. I totally agree. And I'm over, you know, a a team having a few bad losses and everyone saying Gerard out, Klopp out, Tuchel out. Uh, It's, it's too drastic. And again, put some respect on Klopp's name. Look what he's done for this team. And at the end of the day, stop with the injuries, you know, narrative. It's, it's obviously important. Depth is very important. What Liam speaks, spoke to, but at the same time, they still have very good players on the pitch. They've one of the best goalies. You got Mo Salah, you got Diaz, you got, uh, who, who am I missing? Van Dyke, who yeah. prior to this season, everyone was putting him in the conversation as one of the greatest center backs of all time. Trent Alexander Arnold. There's just so many players on this team that they had last season who are still playing that at some point you can't just put it solely on Klopp because Klopp can't put boots on and go and play himself, right? You got to put accountability on the players and there's just something off about the way this team is playing. And I mean, I don't want to say that I told you so, but I think it's Sadio Mane. I think Sadio Mane was way more important to this team than anyone even freaking knew. So that's that. There's one thing I want to say about Simeone on Napoli. Oh, oh, Because he scored. Yeah, yeah right? Listen to this, guys. When Giovanni Simeone was 13, he got a UCL logo tattooed on his arm, much to the anger and dismay of his parents. His excuse? Promising that he would kiss it when he scores in the competition. Tonight versus Liverpool on his UCL debut, he scored against Liverpool and kissed the tattoo. I saw that. That's pretty cool. If I was a parent, I would also be very upset if my (laughs) 13-year-old got a tattoo. But it's cool that he was able to do that hopefully he doesn't inspire too many people <laughs> like, 13 years old my dad would have kicked my ass out of the house 100 yeah. growing up in a very traditional <laughs> polish household but perspective you feel like he's probably had to have manifested that moment and his parents i'm sure are really proud so i have a, a, a similar story in a way so there was a goalie called chris kirkland he played yeah he played for liverpool wigan i think he played for derby he played he played quite a while in england 
And when he was younger, his granddad, I believe, put a, a bet on him to one day play for England. And they had to admit, I don't know exactly how much he won, but his, he went on to play one game for England and it was England versus Greece. And I went to that game oh, nice. and then this whole story came out and I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, imagine someone having that much belief in you to be like, oh, he'll play for England. There's no doubt about it. And he, I think he actually played one game. So there you go. Congratulations, Grandpa Kirkland. I love that. Though. I mean, I feel like that's manifestation at its finest. So in my yeah. opinion, I mean, you're ta- in, in Simeone's uh, situation, you're tattooing a freaking Champions League logo on your arm. You're seeing that every day. Of course, you're going to eventually play in it. That's literally how the law of attraction works. Not to get into spirituality on this podcast, but very <laughs> cool. And yeah, shout out to grandpa. Yeah. One game played for Wigan Liverpool in the Premier League, and I think West Brom in the Premier League. Nice. Good for him. Love it. (laughs) All right, Liam, I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Okay. Barcelona, Victoria Pleasant, (laughs) 5-1. Barcelona dominating, which of course, no one come at me. We know they're playing Victoria Pleasant. We know, we know, we know. But you got to, you know, at some point, give credit where credit's due. And there were a lot of stellar individual performances on Barcelona in that match. Liam, you said they weren't going to get out of the group. Do you still feel that way? Um, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know what? I, I got what I expected from Barcelona. I expected a dominant performance. They did exactly that. The guy showed up. He was supposed to show up. Inter, on the other hand, which I think we'll talk about soon too, didn't quite have the performance. Barcelona do have a lot of quality. Maybe I was a, has a, uh, I jumped the gun a little bit on what they'll do in the tournament, but I'll stick to my guns. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll just hopefully get all my other predictions right. Okay. Uh, my Rangers being the worst team in the group seems to be going well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love how you sprinkle that in there. I love it. Keep it going. Uh, but from Barcelona, just that Dembele and Lewandowski combination is quickly becoming Le- arguably the best in right. the world. Yeah. Like I know De Bruyne and Holland have got some good stuff going on and Vinny and Benzema, but... Man, those two have, it's it's special to watch. We saw Dembele literally dance around players. He lost the ball and in pure monster mentality mode, beelined it back to the ball. I love a good slide tackle, won the mm. ball and the cross into Lewandowski for that goal. You have to ask yourself right now, is he one of the best wingers in the world? And should we be considering them as one of the best duos alongside De Bruyne and Holland? Maybe we don't know enough about them because people aren't watching. The the casual Premier League fans aren't watching La Liga as much as they are, obviously, the English League. And that's fair because there are literally a million games on every single day. (laughs) We don't have time like we have lives. But maybe the Champions League is going to showcase something that we might have been missing in the conversation. I agree. I think they're they're exciting to watch. They bring a different kind of duo mentality to yeah. it, I think. I will just fight back a little bit on Barcelona. Yes, while, please do. I love yeah, this. While I do think they're a high-quality team <laughs> with a ton of talent, who have they played? Who have they played? Like, Sevilla aren't the team they used to be. And, you know, then their first Champions League game is Victoria Plaza. And, like, they're winning games they should be winning. I'm very excited to see them against Bayern Munich in a couple of weeks. That's when, I think that's when I'll really get a good idea of what this team is. And that's in Bayern Munich as well. And there's just not a lot of challenges in La Liga for them right now with what the fixtures they've played. And yeah, I just want to see them against some quality on quality. That's all I want. And I'm not saying they aren't a good team. I'm just saying, let's see them play another good team and see what happens which is completely fair uh you know where i struggle man and i love to say this because i'm polish you guys know Lewandowski's our biggest claim to fame i never know definitely who the best number nine is in the world because i'm constantly switching back to benzema Lewandowski. Mm-hmm. benzema Lewandowski. last season for me benzema was untouchable I think what he did in the Champions League, we spoke to it. Two hat tricks, last Champions League run, game-winning goal, or just the goal, against Liverpool in the final. And now Lewandowski's here being like, hey, 
He's the only player to score a Champions League hat-trick with three teams, obviously Dortmund, Bayern, Barca. Third-time all-top scorer in the Champions League with 88 goals under Ronaldo and Messi, just surpassed Benzema. And now he's been directly involved in 108 goals in 107 Champions League game appearances. This guy's, this guy's a monster, and I just feel like we haven't respected him enough because for the majority of his career, he's been in the Bundesliga, which, oh, don't even get me started. You guys know how I feel about Farmers League comments. But right now, is he the best number nine? Like, I'm so confused. One day it's Benzema, one day it's Lewandowski, and I'm part of the problem because I'm just like, I don't I don't know. I don't yeah. know what to say anymore. I'm not going to help this argument because <laughs> I'm just going to say I don't know. Right? <laughs> like, it's a good I, problem to have, though. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, Benzema's not been off to a flying start to start La Liga. Yeah. But you can't discredit what he did last season. And Lewandowski is Lewandowski, like Lewandowski. Lewandowski. You know, and it's a fun conversation. And it's 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 good to see Lewandowski be like so creative with his goals too. Like the back heel one he had oh, the other I week. That was nasty. And I'm, it's good to see him on uh, in Barcelona and doing it in a different league. That's what I always like to see teams, uh, sorry, players do. And I think... That was always the argument with Messi and Ronaldo. I found a lot of people brought up is like, oh, well, what has Messi done in another league? And now we're just getting a different kind of Messi, I guess. But Benzema's done it in the league and La Liga. Lewandowski's done it in La Liga and Bundesliga. And now even Haaland's doing it in the Premier League and I done it in him. Bundesliga. And now there's three. We're not even setting Mbappe, who scores goals for fun too. And it's, it's probably the, it was probably the four, right? Right now, that are best uh, in the world. Yep. Am I missing I, anybody? I don't, I don't think so. I think that that's a solid. Yeah, yeah. That's a solid. Well, and Kane. Yeah, Kane. Kane. Yeah, in that Kane. Conversation he, again. He's like the sleeper. <laughs> he's funny, isn't he? He's he is. he's right up there with all of them, but he's never in the conversation. I know. Which is whatever. Let him go under the radar and just go and try and want to woke up. <laughs> I think next right. I think next week's Barcelona Bayern Munich game is going to be. I I get like excited thinking about what mm. we could potentially see. We know Thomas Muller when he was like Lewandowski. We can't wait to see you here in Munich. You know it's going Lewandowski's wanna, going to want to ball out. You know that Bayern Munich's going to want to shut him down. It's just going to be honestly like I feel like I'm watching a final next week. I'm curious what the reception is going to be for Lewandowski because he left true, in true. interesting terms. He didn't he didn't leave because he was unhappy with what was happening with the fans and stuff like that. He didn't, he left because Bayern Munich tried to replace him. Did you hear the rumor about how Holland's dad is the one who told Lewandowski that that's what they were trying oh, really? to get Holland? I did not hear that. Yeah. So apparently oh. rumor has it. And you guys, I'm like in the gossip circle on in any type of headline. I love to read like the inside scoop and, you know, decide in my head if it's real or not. Yeah. Holland's <laughs> dad uh, had told Lewandowski, Hey, they're, tr you know, they're trying to get my son and mm -hmm. Lewandowski's like, well, what the hell? If they're not going to respect me, I don't really care to leave. And that's where I have Lewandowski's back because at the end of the day, it's a business. No one cares how much you've done or what your name is or, you know, how many hours you've put in that practice. It's a business. So Lewandowski going to Barcelona, that's why I feel like there's going to be an extra bit of like spice in Leva. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And it's a bit disrespectful to replace him with, a guy like Holland, who's right on his level. Like if you replace him with like a younger guy, sure. But like, and I know Holland's younger, but less established, I guess is a I better agree. way to put it. It's like, yeah, all right. Like he's 34 years old. You have to think of the next chapter, but to, I don't know. It's, it feels disrespectful. So yeah, like I might put a little bit of money on Lewandowski scoring a goal next week. Too. Oh, I would Maybe love two that. or three. We'll see. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Speaking of Bayern, vintage Bayern performance against Inter. And I have to say, you know, we spoke to this Liam yesterday. You asked me, what's one of the takes that I had when we found out these group stages that maybe I'm kind of second guessing my immediate reaction after the first game of the group stages is that I put too much trust in what the Italian teams could do. And I'm not saying that disrespectfully, obviously AC Milan's my team, but I wasn't impressed with their import, uh, with their result against Salzburg. I think Napoli is probably the only team that kind of got to my expectations and I'm not saying Inter was bad. I just think it was a clinical vintage performance from Bayern where as the team, as the game progressed, they took Inter completely out of the game. Yeah. Inter was lucky that goalie was in form. I think he played a good game and on the Italian thing. Yeah. Just, you can kind of still see, yes, I think a league is one of the better leagues because of just the competitiveness throughout. But on a Euro- European stage, like, are they able to compete with the big teams? From what we've seen so far, I would say no. Um, Napoli, like you said, had a big win over Liverpool, but Liverpool aren't in form right now. Bayern Munich are in form, and they took yeah. care of Inter pretty handedly. Yeah, I agree. The AC Milan one, I don't want to judge too harshly. Like, it just felt like a weird game. But on this Bayern Munich game in particular, like, they just did whatever they wanted. Yep. They're just such a, they're such a fun team to watch. And it's funny because Mane plays such a huge role in everything they do. And it took quality to beat into Milan's goalie. Exactly. Like Sane's, the first goal was great. And then the second one was, did they count it as an own goal? They should have if they did. Yeah, they I did. They did, yeah. And that's what it kind of took to get by them. And it didn't help my pick with the Inter Barcelona thing. It didn't make him look good, but... But you know what? You said something really, I think, profound, not to be dramatic, but I do think it was profound yesterday on our show that Inter and AC are both coming off a very emotional derby mm. on the weekend, which it was. That game was chaotic. Yeah. Um, and now they're both put in a position to now turn around, go go out of their comfort zone of Serie A and play in the Champions League. So we saw... Again, I'm also not going to think way too much into AC Milan's performance. Would I have liked them to win? Of course. Do I think that that win was kind of, you know, important? Yes, I do. But it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Inter's taking on a very good Bayern team that could potentially win the entire Champions League. Maybe they just need a week to kind of reset and, and, you know, find their stride. Yeah, Inter definitely is on the same level to win the Champions League. There's no doubt about that. Um yeah, I think I think Inter will be fine in the tournament. It's a shame when you lose a home game in the Champions League. That's when you really take a step back, I suppose. But I don't know. I'm excited. I believe Inter has Victoria. Yeah, they would have Victoria Plaza next, so they can get back on track there and get a bit more confidence for themselves. And then they actually have a really tough stretch in in the league after that too. Udinese who's had a good start to the year, Roma, and then Barcelona. So oof, that's not friendly schedule but maybe maybe those big games too where your competition is higher helps a lot as well and like you said and you brought up the comment i made about the milan derby like it does play into these things and i think we'll see a better into down the line i i think so too i just think that they were taking on a very good Bayern team yeah. and one thing I want to say about Bayern I just love the chemistry between Sané, Mane, Kimmich, Muller. Just think about it. You just heard some really big players names and I don't think they have big egos at all. And I think that this is why Bayern Munich will find success is because they're built with players that would rather see a Bayern Munich team win versus a last name on the back individual glory, which is my argument with PSG and I think that when you look at PSG, you see the superstars, but I think sometimes we are so heavily focused on the individual performance. Whereas in Bayern Munich, 
you have big names, maybe not as big, but still pretty big names that want to see the team success. And we saw Mane, you know, he, he, did a perfectly beautiful, like laid off ball, I believe to Sané. And that's a moment where he could have absolutely turned a player in the box and wanted to go for goal himself. You just don't see, or maybe it was to Muller. I'm not remembering correctly, but you just don't see the selfishness in Bayern Munich, which is why I think that there's that element of, we want the three points at the end of the day versus a Mane hat trick. Yeah, definitely. And it's something we've seen with Bayern Munich all season to be honest like when they beat Barkham 7-0 there was a lot of a lot of just like dishing off to each other and a lot of like team play and we talk about this Farmers League supposedly in the Bundesliga (laughs) and I think a lot of disrespect comes to Bayern Munich and yes they're probably going to win the Bundesliga again but it's not through everyone else being bad it's just the quality this Mm -hmm. team actually has and how well they actually play the game and you just got to give them credit where it's due and they're world-class team of world-class players and they're, they're such a fun team to watch uh, and agree. that's the best part about them. I agree. We're we're in for a treat as football fans next week with that game, uh, Barcelona and Bayern. So if you guys are working uh, next week, make sure you take it off. This is your reminder to email your boss, take <laughs> off the day, enjoy the football match and uh, go Bayern Munich, go. And Lewandowski. I'm like, I want a Bayern Munich win, but a solid performance from Lewandowski Mm. in my perfect world, if that even makes sense. But that's what I would want. Tottenham versus Marseille. Uh, I'm not going to lie, guys. I watched highlights. Liam and I are, we were talking before the show. We were saying that um, all the games are at the same time and there's just so much to try and digest. But from what I did read and from the highlights I did watch, it seemed like Marseille really did hold their own. And it looked like Conte was very frustrated at the end of the first half. And I think that Marseille got very unlucky with that red card right at the beginning of the second half. Mm. I do think it's justified. So um, I don't have a problem with the red card being given. I just think that the game could have ended differently in Marseille's favor if that red card didn't happen. I mean, there's you're playing 45 minutes against a top team in the Premier League with a player down. That's going to catch up to you by, you know, the later half of the half. And I just... Well done to Tottenham. We know Richarlson scored both goals, but Marseille, I feel like they had to have finished that game being like, we F that up. Yeah, yeah, they definitely will be disappointed with what happened. They've actually had a really good start to league and undefeated in six games, only three goals against with 13 scored. That's pretty solid. From a Tottenham perspective, it's a big win to get the Champions League run started. Went at home. You probably would have liked it to have gone differently, I suppose, where it didn't take them to go down to 10 men but at the end of the day you walk away with three points yep. against probably your biggest opponent for the for the top of the mm-hmm. group it's hard to say in this group There's, i think all three teams aside from Tottenham, like sporting marseille and frankfurt all good quality teams and a lot of people are saying tottenham should win this group with with ease they probably should but i think every team they play is going to be a difficult task yeah. for them and to come away with three points, no matter how it kind of goes about, is good. Um, lots of changes in the Tottenham team, like Richarlison, I believe this, is, this was his first start. and What a start. Yeah, <laughs> you know, good way to go. I'm, I'm excited to see what Tottenham can do in the tournament. Yeah, oh, I am too. And you know what? I forget if it was a World Cup or a Euro. I'm pretty sure it was a Euro when I was growing up. Spain was the most hyped team. So this was already this when the Spanish team had found success, uh, but they were in a, I swear it was the Euro. They didn't play well at all in like the opening games of the Euro until they really got into the semifinal. And I would even say into the final, which they ended up winning. And that was my first introduction into why sometimes you don't need to play your best football at the beginning of a tournament. You just need to get the result, which they always found a way to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to peak at the right time. So Tottenham right now, and I'm not saying they're playing poorly at all, but Tottenham right now, I know I've said, I've had this gut feeling that I don't think they're going to do well, but that might bite me in the butt solely because they are finding ways to win. They won two nothing at the end of the day. That's a two nothing win against, like you said, probably their toughest appointment, uh, appointment, toughest (laughs) opponent with three points points right now in their favor they could be a team by when we start talking about this next year and they're in the champions league semi-final hopefully for tottenham fans uh we might be seeing them 
find a different level as opposed to maybe a Real Madrid and City who are blowing it out of the water right now and have a hard time keeping with that pace. Yeah, and it's like they say, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Exactly, my dad always says that. Yeah, so Tottenham, they've kind of been doing this all season too, right? Where it's just like kind of slow burning game in a way. Like it's not attractive to watch by any means. No, at all. they're, uh, They're getting results and... At the end of the day, like you look at Celtic the other day when they played Rangers, fantastic effort. Unfortunately, a fantastic effort and a loss doesn't get you any points. Exactly. And getting three points at the end of the day, that's what matters. Just score more goals than the other team and you'll win. Okay, let's talk about (laughs) Ajax. Yeah. Because um, uh, for nothing against Rangers. So hit us up with your your knowledge here, Liam. Do you know what? I watched watched this game a little bit too and just – dominance to be honest they just really gave it to rangers and defensively rangers were just just horrible so so poor and it was kind of a it was a shame to see the showing that they did after what celtic had done the night before like this the first time two scottish teams have been in the championship since 2007 so you kind of want to see him succeed and grow scottish Mm -hmm. football a bit more but rangers just really didn't challenge ix at all they had one chance in the set. It didn't come until the 70th minute and it was a disallowed goal, which was actually a really good goal, but they just didn't help themselves. And that's what's going to bite them if the tournament goes on. And there was a player on Ajax, Kudus, Mohamed Kudus, okay. I believe is how you pronounce his name. He is, he was unbelievable. Okay. 22 years old, Ghanaian striker he plays. He's going to be exciting to watch at the World Cup. He's going to be exciting to watch in this competition. He's really quick. The goal he scored was unreal. Like just some great skill to turn out the defender and then get inside and absolutely hammer it into the net. It was crazy. And Ajax, there's such a unique program where they, so there was this whole story where they signed a player from Sevilla and then there was a disagreement Okay. Because they didn't believe spending twenty million on somebody who was twenty years old was worth it at all. Uh, sorry, who was twenty eight years old okay. wasn't worth it. So they like brought him over, sent him back, and then they brought him back again to on a loan deal. And it's just funny the way they operate because they they just have all this money, and what they basically do is they just throw it all back into the youth system. And that's how they do it. They just keep it cycling. And you know what? Like, is that not smart though? It's it, development. Super smart. Yeah, and. I'm sure they would like to see more European success in the long run, but also they're winning the Aero Divisie every single season doing the same thing. So, and they're making, like they just sold Anthony for a hundred million. I just love it because again, not to, I hate this saying too. I can't believe I almost said it. I'm going to say it and not to toot our own horn. Um, we said, put a star beside Ajax. This is another team that we said this kind of alongside Napoli. And a lot of people have written them off because they lost the core of their team and they lost their manager and whatever. But they just went in and scored four goals. Yeah. Say what you want. Maybe it wasn't the Rangers' best performance, but that's how I feel also about Lewandowski scoring three goals against a Victoria Pleasant team. Like, It's not the best team, but it still takes a lot to score goals like that in any professional match. So Ajax is, I'm, I stick to what we said, Liam, that's another team where, you know, we maybe respect them more when we see them in the champions league. And maybe this is more of a European chance for them to establish themselves as, Hey, we're a team that had Uber and an Uber amount of success in the past in the champions league. And we're going to start doing that again. Yeah, I I think so. And like you said, the foundation's there for them just to kind of repeat this success all the time. And they have some talent. Like Kenneth Taylor's a really good midfielder for them, a 20-year-old. Uh, Steven Bergwijn, who I believe was in the Bund- another Bundesliga, the Eredivisie. I can't remember if he was with PSG or Feyenoord. Maybe he was even with Ajax, whoever he was with. But then he went to Tottenham and came back, and he's a good player. There's just a lot of quality, even not even in this team. Like I was reading an article last night, and I can't remember the guy's name, but they were like, yeah, let's just start playing this 17-year-old right. who just just knows how to play. And like, yeah, let's just, whatever, that. let's just run the risk. I believe they haven't conceded a goal to start the season. I love that. I'll double check really quickly. They are, uh, I can't even find it. There we go. First in the uh, Aerodivisie and they have scored... They have conceded one goal. Two, uh, sorry, three goals. That's still not bad. It's pretty good in five games. And then they go into Champions League and win 4-0. Just shows, <sighs> shows what they're about. And I'm excited. 
they got Liverpool next to Anfield. So we'll see. <laughs> Holy shit, that's going to be a good game. <laughs> I'm not, honestly, every day I wake up and I'm like, what what news do we have today? Yeah. In the best way possible. It is endless. It's endless. Um, quickly, I want to say I freaking believed in Frankfurt way too much. And Frankfurt fans, I'm sorry to say this because I really appreciate what you guys did uh, against Barcelona last season. But Obviously, terrible start against Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. They lost 6-1. We saw them, you know, just get dominated by Real Madrid, which, you know, most teams would anyways 2-0 in the Super Cup final. But now losing to Sporting 3-0, you got to at some point sit back and wonder what's going on with this team because I just had such a good feeling with them that they have so much heart and passion and, you know, they they play like an... They play with that passion that I just hate betting against teams like that. But, you know, that was a take of mine that maybe I'm going to sit back here after the group stages and been like, I I gave them a little too much credit. Yeah, by the sounds of it, I didn't watch this game. But from reading stuff online and catching the highlights, Frankfurt actually played well. It was just kind of that first goal that conceded, let them down, and then they got a couple more. Um, Marcus Edwards on the Sporting, who scored the goal in there. He's only the ninth English player to score for a non-English team. So he was a Tottenham Academy graduate, and now he's at Sporting. And I believe he's only like 23 years old. So yeah, 23 years old. Someone to look out for maybe in a couple of years getting back to the Premier League, like especially if he can kind of find some form in the Champions League, always catches the attention. We have so much to look forward to with all these young players. Mm-hmm. We said this on yesterday's show. For us growing up, it's always been Ronaldo and Messi and you know those other guys you want to throw in there, but solely those two. But now we're getting into the generation, which I think we're even going to have more of an eye-opening experience at this World Cup. I know Holland's not going to be there, but those are the players we're going to be talking about. Holland, Mbappe, uh, Leao, you know, just these young guys coming mm. up that um, are going to establish themselves as the next, you know, greatest of all time conversations. Yeah, the, the change of the God. I yeah, said it on the show yesterday yes. and I, I researched it to make sure I said the right thing. <laughs> and if you didn't, don't even worry because <laughs> I would never notice I mess those things up all the time. Uh, you said that there was some crazy drama in Atletico Madrid and Porto. So hit us with the drama. Yeah, so for anyone who caught this game, it was actually a pretty exciting game for what it was, I guess. So it was 0-0 zero, zero until the 90th minute. There was a red card for Porto for a, a dive, a double yellow. Uh, from the striker in the 81st minute. And then everything that went on led to nine minutes of added time. Atletico Madrid scored in 91st minute. They then conceded a penalty in the 96th minute. Jesus. And with a VAR check, it extended the time to 11 minutes added time. And Griezmann scored the game winner in the 101st minute. <laughs> it would be Griezmann too. Yeah, He's been running everywhere. It was, it was nuts. And... By the sounds of it, it probably would have been fair if it ended as a, a draw, but that's what the Champions League is, right? Like late drama. That's what we that's what we literally paid to see. Oh, so we'll I love take to that see one. It. I love to see it. You guys know how I feel about extra time. So that's a conversation for another day. VAR, extra time. Why do we have referees? <laughs> I don't know anymore, but here we are. Uh, club. Gonna, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I wonder if one day we'll just get rid of referees. You know what? Sometimes on the field, I'm like, what's the point of having them when they're like missing situations that I'm seeing on TV? um, And then we solely rely on VAR that also gets it wrong, like 80% of the time. So, um, yeah, that's that's the world we live in. I'm sure in 20 years, there'll be like a little robot on the field detecting yeah, everything. I'm, I was thinking that. I, was, I wonder if they'll, there'll be some kind of test. Yeah, There will sure. be in the next like 10 Tesla years. Like Tesla robots or yeah, something. Yeah, definitely. What was it in the in the Euro Cup? The ball came out on like a little Volkswagen oh, on, car? On the, yeah, the Volkswagen was the sponsor and they put the ball in it and he drove to the sun oh, circle. Just to God, that killed me. I'm like, <laughs> what kind of world do we I live know. in? The first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this oh, is what we do here now. Here we are. Here we are. Uh, Jetsons weren't too far off. Club at Bruges, Leverkusen, uh, big, big results, uh, nothing against Leverkusen, but I, I'm supporting club Bruges since Liam reminded all of us that our fellow Canadians play on this team. So I want club Bruges to find all the success. And I actually posted what we said about Tejan Buchanan to my social medias and the 90th minute. And a lot of club Bruges fans love Buchanan. And I think, I don't watch Club Bruges play very often. You know, I'm very honest about that. That's a team that I want to watch way more of. But for 
the fans to really love him speaks to how well he's probably doing at that club. And I want them, him and the team to find all the success in the world. Yeah, there's a lot to like about him. And big result for them yesterday against Leverkusen. Yep. Leverkusen haven't been in great form this season, but that's kind of the point is you got to get results when exactly you can get them, I suppose. And big home win for them. They can get out of this group uh, with Atletico Madrid and Porto also in the group. And... <laughs> I like them. I think they're, they're a good team. Lyron didn't play yesterday. Buchanan didn't play either. But a lot of talent. And yeah, we'll kind of see how they progress. Try and catch a couple more games. Okay. Next week, guys. Uh, so I'd say for the span of at least what we have Champions League, uh, we'll probably do the episodes Wednesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Um, so just stay tuned for whenever you get a notification on Kicked Back. But Liam, quickly, what's your predictions for Bayern Barcelona and Liverpool Ajax? I think Liverpool will win. Okay. But I think it'll be a close game. Damn, okay. Uh, what was the other one? Sorry, Barcelona, Bayern. Bayern yeah. Uh, Bayern will win because it's, it's in Bayern Munich, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's what I think. Um, I have one quick shout out. Okay. So I wanted to give a shout out to the Sacramento Republic. Okay. Who I believe play in the U... Yeah, they play in the USL, uh, which is the United States League or yeah, United yeah, Soccer yeah. League, whatever it is. Uh, they lost in the final of the US Cup yesterday to Orlando City. But on the way, they beat San Jose Earthquake 2-0 wow. in the round of 16. in LA Galaxy in the quarterfinals. And then they knocked out Sporting KC 5-4 on penalties. Damn. So it's a good run. This is kind of what those te- those teams in the second division of the U.S. play for is this U.S. Cup. That's, you know, because there's no promotion or anything like that, which is a shame because it would be cool to kind of see if Sacramento could continue this success in a way and build off this. But either way, congratulations to them. Unfortunately, they lost in the final, but to get there is an achievement in itself. I love that. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. I actually also think it's kind of important that teams have relegation because it gives the teams in the top league you know, there's pressure. Yeah, there's something to play for. And Absolutely. everyone has, there's consequences, there's success leading yes. to it. And it's just, it's, it helps develop the sport. And it 100. helps develop players who then go and play on a team like Sacramento and think, okay, well, maybe I can progress with this team and get to the MLS or, you know, play well in this tournament and maybe get signed. And it's just, I don't know, there's a little bit more to it, I think. But either way, Love it's it. not going to happen in the US. So it's Maybe it one is. day. Maybe one day when we see the robot referees. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. That's been episode 11. We'll see you next week and enjoy the weekend of games and the Champions League. Yep. See you later. Bye. That's a wrap for another episode of Kickback, and thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five-star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kickback content, follow the 90th Minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time.